Welcome to Everything's Not Black and White with your hosts, Lala and Brian. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. We are so excited to have our guest in the studio today. I met this young man, I don't even know, maybe three years ago, four years ago. It was pre-pandemic. So mm. it was it had to be at least four years ago because it was before the pandemic. And I was so impressed with him because of his passion around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how he brings people together. So you know, that's all about me. You know, I love connecting people and bringing people together for the right purposes. And he was somebody that I saw, and I'm like, yes, that's my my new protege. I said, I'm going <laughs> to bring this young man up with me. I said, we're going to do some things. And I told him when we had lunch, I said, you need to be on our podcast. And he was like, la, say less. And I'm like, okay. So I said less, and then we finally got it, and then we're here. So everybody, they, them, us, everybody, welcome Jordan Nishizaki to the Everything's Not Black and White podcast. What's up, Jordan? What's going on? Thank you, Law. Thank you, Brian, so much for having me. Super excited to just be able to share my story. And again, it's centered around relationships, you know, and little do you know, when you meet somebody, where it's gonna go? Yeah. But once you build that relationship rooted in trust, I mean, the collaboration just continues to to expand the work that we are doing Absolutely. in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Absolutely, and we are just so honored to have you here. You have such a beautiful story, just of who you are at such a young, tender age. Because you know I mean, you're literally in between our kids, which I love so much. <laughs> but I, I really want you to set the tone for our audience are like tell us a little bit about yourself give 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 our audience a little bit of the juice absolutely so jordan akio nishizaki born and raised here in westville columbus ohio and uh, to a loving family um half japanese half white my mom is blonde hair blue eyes and my dad is full japanese and i'm actually fourth fifth uh japanese american generation uh, japanese american and so i always tell people i get the best of both worlds got the height and the beard from the white side i get the <laughs> eyes and last name from the japanese side so amazing but there's not a whole lot of japanese american you know community here in columbus ohio so when i was growing up and i went to a small high school and then i went to another small university got my finance degree i was always part of that one percent and i didn't realize what that meant and i like grew up just being white you know that's just how i felt that's who i connected with i didn't really have a sense of identity of who i was on the japanese side yeah it wasn't until my grandma and my family, they all live out in Seattle. So oh, yeah. my grandma, she was born in Auburn, Washington. My grandpa, Akio Nishizaki Huam, named after he was born in Seattle as well. And when he was two years old, went over back over to Japan. And uh, obviously, World War II changed our family. So I know we'll, we'll get into that a little bit further, um, how that affected the whole Japanese-American community and what they did to Americans right. uh, during that time. And... You know, being able to go to uh, go to Seattle to get that sense of you know what I was like, what my family is like, uh, I loved it, absolutely yeah. loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. But again, I just didn't know why, right? Yeah. And then it wasn't until that I started traveling the world. The first place I traveled to was Japan. I had to, <laughs> so I traveled there for you know two and a half weeks. Absolutely loved it, and that's where it made so much sense. The culture, the people, the mm. honor, the respect, the food, uh, the the cleanliness. Yeah. Just 
just the way of life. Mm-hmm. I was always known as the Asian kid, mm. but this gave me a sense of pride to be Japanese mm. and how different that we all are uh, from each other. Yeah. And that's, that's what's beautiful about diversity is that we understand and respect each other's differences because that makes us who we are. Yeah. And so that's what I, that's really what got me this taste of like, okay, so I'm experiencing the world, traveling the world. Um, and I got to spend a lot of time on my own, you know, that 14 hour plane ride by yourself, you get to spend a lot of time in your thoughts. Yeah. And I got started asking myself, you know, who is Jordan Akio Nishizaki? Mm-hmm. What do I represent? Uh, what is my family's legacy? What does my name mean? And what type of legacy do I want to leave? Yeah. And so that's really what started that process and that journey. And then I uh, spent some time in San Diego. And that was the first time that I moved away from home and mm-hmm. got to really understand I had no family, had no friends, had no reputation. So mm. who was I going to be? What yeah. crowds was, was I going to be in? Mm-hmm. And I grew up in, in a Christian home. And so my faith journey has always been uh, making my faith my own. Mm. And that's really where I feel like, like God just continuously pursued me and showed me who he really was. And yeah. from there, um, that's he just lit me on fire and came back, graduated, and then I went to go travel again. I went to uh, Southeast Asia. So I went to oh, Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, and Singapore. Yeah. Met so many friends out there uh, from the UK, from all over the world, and actually got to go visit them uh, out like a couple months later in August. Nice. And, and so they gave me a tour in London, got to see them, and then went to um, Italy, Rome, and mm. then got to finish out the trip at Spain, Barcelona. And so Beautiful. just like those trips... We're just life-changing. That was all before COVID. And so, you know, I was working for a a bank at the time. And when COVID hit, I was like, I knew, and just knew it wasn't it. Mm Because I was working at K Jewelers full-time, going to school full-time. So I loved, you know, relationships, building relationships with people. And then, you know, um, that that also gave me the skills, uh, the, the, the sales skills to be able to uh, establish my career. And then mm-hmm. I just realized that my job at the bank, like this, this is not it, you yeah. know? And so COVID gave me that opportunity to launch Janish Consulting. And I'm, I'll tell you guys, I did not know anything about business. It was a dream to be an entrepreneur, but I had no idea what that actually meant. Yeah. I wish someone would tell me like, hey, you're trading your nine to five to work 24 yeah. seven. Man, listen, <laughs> yeah. as an entrepreneur, we totally understand. Right, right. Totally and understand. the doubts that come in. Man. So your sense of purpose tied to your mission, vision, core values needs to be strong. Yeah. Like, why am I doing this? My bank account isn't reflecting the effort and energy mm. that I'm putting into yeah, this. Yeah. Preach, so brother, what am preach. I, what am I doing this for? Yeah. Out of Janish Consulting came the idea for Diverse Network, which really was how can I connect everyone in my network to each other? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, what could I do to support the multicultural community here in Columbus? Because uh, one of my first true friends that I met, uh, his name is JJ Phillips. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's actually now, he, he's my best friend and he's now my roommate. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he's a black man and he has a wonderful black family and they just welcome me on in and they're my second family and like i just love his sisters he has two sisters and he's the middle boy so there's like just a lot of correlation between his family and my family i have two sisters and i'm in the middle as well Mm -hmm. 
And so like we just became brothers. Yeah. And but and for me there's so much correlation between the Asian culture and the black culture. 100%. With the way that we're raised, 100%. the respect, the uh love of food mm-hmm. and family. Mm-hmm. And so it just felt so natural and again that those were the reasons why I was like ah this is what I was missing. Yeah. Right? And so because we just were excluded. And yeah. I was like, dude, either we change who we are or we just become friends and forget them and we just start hanging out. Exactly. So that's what we did, <laughs> you know? I love like, it. I'm not going to change who I am and I'm just going to hang out with you. And that's how we always started. So we always say, you know, we, we started with nothing. He's seen us, you know, he's seen me grow up. Yeah. And, you know, it's just been amazing. And, and he now works for Cover My Mitts. Oh, that's awesome. So through Diverse Network, we were able to then land my job that I have now at Top Consulting and his job that he has at Cover My Meds just through the relationships, which is actually how we know each other. Yes. Cover My Meds was one of the first sponsors that Diverse Network had. Yeah. And that's how we met was at the event. Yeah. So fast forward, now we're here and yeah. it's just been a blur. I've absolutely loved the journey. It's been a roller coaster. God is writing so much better of a story than I could have ever wrote myself. Yeah. And just being able to give that over to him and see what he has done. I'm like, gosh, if this is, if I'm tapping into my dream now, like, Lord, what are you going to do with the rest of my life? Yeah, you know what I mean? So exactly. I'm excited for the journey, but it's real. I'll be honest, it I'll is, tell it's anybody, real. it is real. Man, mm-hmm. listen, I can I tell you so many stories about that because, you know, Brian and I, unfortunately, are twice your age right now. And so everything you're feeling, we've felt it multiple times at this point. So we, we're just excited to hear from your perspective because you being who you are right now in 2023 was similar to who we were in the 90s, right? And who, God knows, the world has changed so much since then. And I would just tell you, you know, I, I loved your sentiment around black and Asian cultures early on. My best friend from college and still today is half white, half Filipino. I love it. And that's my boo. Yeah. Like, like literally, I was 5'11", she was 5'1". And <laughs> we were literally like Mutt and Jeff, what they just call us. And so we were always together throughout all the time. And mm-hmm. we both turned 50 this year. And I just talked to her like two days ago. Okay. Like literally, that's my boo. I was going to say it must be something about the Asian community because my best friend growing up was Vietnamese. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've all got a connection somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we all love food. Like that's literally the one thing. Food like, and family connection. Exactly. It's 100%. Exactly. It. So I love that so much. So I love what you were talking about, talking, you know, literally this duality of your life being both white and Japanese mm-hmm. and trying to figure that place out. Right. And we know that a lot of times, you know, young people who are multicultural have this challenge of trying to fit in in some place and being confident and secure in who they are Mm -hmm. you know our our youngest child you know has has a definitely a mix in them so it's like how do you navigate the world like how do you when you come in say i'm just jordan like like see me like jordan don't don't give me labels like how do you approach that that's a great question because i continuously had to figure that out myself yeah And I'll be honest, the way that the world is going, I think that they like to label you and categorize you before Mm. you do it yourself. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even see like you truly grow up like I didn't. The white side was my family. That's my family. And the Japanese side, that's my family. That's all I know them as. I don't know them as, oh, that's my white side and that's my Japanese side. They're family. Mm -hmm. And so that was me growing up. And then as you get older, and especially in the, today's age, you know, you'll see an article, black man does X, Y, and Z, Asian man does X, Y, and Z. That, that's the first thing that they are, you know, black entrepreneur, um, you know, and I'm like, 
why not just entrepreneur? Right. You know, why not just, you know, what we, who we are, um, that God created us to be versus just the the color of our skin. Right. Right. And so for me, um, that's always, I always have felt like a a chameleon in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really just had to ask, you know, who is Jordan Nishizaki? What is my personal mission? What is my personal vision? Uh, what are the core values uh, Mm -hmm. that I stand by? Those to me, like what's on the inside, my heart, um, my love for people, mm-hmm. my love for my community, uh, my faith, my family. Uh, those are the things that I have, you know, uh, developed a foundation for. Yeah. And especially looking in the mirror, like that's what I'm proud of. Yeah. I'm proud of the man in the mirror for the character that I have, for the relationships that I've been able to build and being a vessel um, that God is using a tool mm-hmm. to expand his kingdom and being able to show Jesus's love to people yeah. and to do that outside of, you know, any type of category that the world is trying to place me in. Right. And so that to me is, is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And as, as you just have to ask yourself, you know, who, who are you? Mm-hmm. You know, who is law Baker? Who is mm-hmm. Brian Baker? Mm-hmm. And what, what do I stand for? And mm-hmm. most importantly, uh, how do I own my name, my brand, my network, yeah. uh, and my identity, and ultimately your legacy? Right. You know, what do I, who do I want to be remembered as? Yeah. And people will not always remember your name, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Yes, yeah, 100%. So that's what I've always yeah. focused on. How am I making somebody feel? Do I make them feel seen, feel heard, feel cared for and important, that they're loved, that they're worthy, that they have a purpose mm-hmm. on this earth? Mm-hmm. And that is transformational in somebody's life yeah when they know who they are and they have a sense of purpose yeah they wake up every day excited about life yeah if i can do that for Mm -hmm. the rest of my life that's my mission and goal i love that so much jordan you feel my heart every time we have a conversation because that is exactly how we think about things and we we conduct ourselves how we embrace people you know we we jokingly say we're a power couple and we're a power couple in meaning of we empower people right and that's something that's really important to us and how not only what we do in our family for our, us and our kids but like the the neighborhoods and the communities and things like that that are so important to us you know one of the things i think about a lot and i i love this confidence and this love that this emanates from you you know and i know you know, the world around us is very tumultuous, right? Very. I mean, it's very hard. You know, we've had, you know, obviously Black Lives Matter, Stop mm-hmm. Asian Hate, a whole <laughs> bunch of, of things that directly affect both of us, right? right. And, and the people that we love. But then also, because you are a man of faith, I think about some of the people who claim Christianity mm-hmm. and use it as racism and oppression and discrimination. Sadly. Like, how do you navigate through all of those things because there's all those things coming at you like how do you navigate through that it's tough and especially the stereotypes Mm -hmm. and you know i can't write somebody's wrong yeah there's been a lot a lot of wrong and it's sad it hurts it breaks my heart whether it's uh the asian hate black lives matter um the way a Christian may have made somebody feel and the church may have made, made somebody feel and, you know, they're not following God or they're like, I don't want anything to do with that. I get it. 
mm-hmm. I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I was raised, like it's almost like you had to be perfect in order to to be accepted. Mm. And that's just not that's not who we are. Yeah. God loves us just to come as we are, yeah. and that's the reason why we need Him is because we are so broken. I'm not perfect. I have my vices. You know, I struggle with my ego every day, mm-hmm. um, and you know, being able to just know that there's somebody that loves me more than I can love myself, more than my parents can love myself or love mm-hmm. me, and it's just it's amazing to know that i'm consistently redeemed no matter what i do Mm -hmm. and it has helped fill me up and fill my cup with grace love and forgiveness so that i can give that to others Mm. and that is ultimately what has helped me not have such a uh vendetta against people that have wronged me Mm. in my life Mm -hmm. i had a big chip on my shoulder against everyone in high school Mm -hmm. i'm out to prove them all wrong i'm out to build something better than they ever could have imagined Mm -hmm. roll up in a vet at the 10-year anniversary (laughs) reunion whatever (laughs) maybe you know like all these things but it feeds that ego and for what though right they're not in my life right and even when you do that like so what right you know and so i was like okay I need to forgive them. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't know better. Mm-hmm. And because <clears throat> we were all just kids, you know, they made fun of me for the food that I ate, the sushi that I brought in. Ew, you're eating raw fish or I'll bring in salmon. And they'd be like, that smells disgusting. And now look at them like sushi's everywhere. And salmon's Man, everywhere. Listen. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Love me some sushi. <laughs> Love me some poke bowls right. all day long. Exactly. Or even the Pearl Harbor jokes. Yeah. You know? And the the the, the uh, nuclear bomb jokes. Like, they had no idea what no World idea. War II did to my family. When the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, our west coast became a potential combat zone. Living in that zone were more than 100,000 persons of Japanese ancestry, two-thirds of them American citizens, one-third aliens. We knew that some among them were potentially dangerous. Most were loyal. But no one knew what would happen among this concentrated population if Japanese forces should try to invade our shores. Military authorities therefore determined that all of them, citizens and aliens alike, would have to move. My grandma was 10 years old when the FBI knocked on her door in the family of four that she had and said, put everything you guys got in a suitcase mm. and you're coming with us. Loaded, them on, loaded all them up on trains, shipped them all the way into the desert in California, put them in mm. barracks, shacks, basically, mm. in the middle of the desert and they just had a curtain or small partition and they had four families all in one barrack so imagine sharing one room just with your whole family and Mm -hmm. then you just have a small partition basically no privacy and four other families in one barrack Mm -hmm. and you live there for three years and she says something to me that broke my heart and i was asking her this uh, a couple weeks ago she's like jordan they treated us like animals Mm -hmm. and i'm like man the fact Mm -hmm. that the Japanese American community rebuilt themselves the yeah. way because they were thriving business owners, yeah. fishermen, yeah. the ports, the farming yeah. like they were very, very successful. Yeah. And they took everything, everything. the businesses, the houses, mm. the cars, billions of dollars in assets. Mm. And what I love about that story is I did not grow up hating America, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up hating white people, mm-hmm. I grew up loving people 
mm-hmm. and love conquers all. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about what's going on right now, all this hate, all this division, all this pinning each other against ourselves, mm-hmm. the only way to accomplish that is through love, grace, mm-hmm. and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so that has what's really helped me in my story and even my grandpa when he was over in Japan. And this is where I get my entrepreneurship spirit from uh, his dad, Kwan Nishizaki, so my great-grandfather. He was a uh, businessman. He opened up uh, drugstores mm-hmm. here in America and also in Japan. So Nishizaki Drugstore, which also still, uh, the building still stands to this day. And um, during World War II, his house and his business was bombed. Oh my gosh. Destroyed. They had to go into the farmland and stay with uh, his sister, my, my uh, you know, Akio's aunt, and while they rebuilt. Oh. And at the time, my grandfather, so my great-grandmother, uh, she was uh, sick. And so he had to put her on the back of his bike, my grandfather did, and bike to bomb shelters during oh air raids. Get this. He comes back over to the States with little to no English, and he actually gets drafted and serves in the U.S. military in the Korean War for two years. The same military that destroyed his house, oh his God. business, serves. And he's now able to come back and he got his degree and all these other things. And just the sacrifice, the perseverance, the strength of my grandparents, they had nothing. And even my my grandmother and her family, they were American citizens that they did this to. They had to renounce their citizenship, right? They went back to Japan. So they were foreigners in Japan. They had no country. They were not Americans, even though they were born here. Not Americans, not Japanese citizens. They had no house. They had nothing. And they were able to rebuild their entire lives. And so now having this opportunity, I'm like, I have nothing to complain about. Yeah. Wow. I'm not worried about my house and business getting bombed. Perspective is, is definitely mm. puts a different twist on it for you. Right. That's and so when you talk wow. about legacy, I have such a pride to be a Nishizaki mm-hmm. for those reasons. Because if my grandparents can get through that, then I can definitely get through the things that I'm facing right now. And I can continue to carry on the legacy and do something great with our name because of the sacrifices that they gave so that I could have the opportunity to live the life that I have and just continue and living on my purpose. Mm, I, I like I that resonates so much with me. You know, I think about a lot and Brian and I talk about a lot because we we did both the ancestry DNA and the 23andMe, which, you know, I suggest people do unless they don't want to know the truth truth, because sometimes some truth truth comes out you ain't ready for because, I mean, that's real talk. But I think about, you know, I have such a oral history for my family because of enslavement in this country. We don't have a lot of actual historical records. Right. It was literally stories passed down between people, which, you know, the game of telephone, you can only get so much. You only know so much, you know, but I the only person that I knew was directly my grandmother, my mom's mom, you know, and she was born in 1914. Wow. Right. In the rural south. So, you know, that was nothing nice. Right. As a black woman in the rural south in 1914, you know, so she went through a lot. So very similar to what your grandparents went through, you know, my grandmother 
worked in cotton fields since mm-hmm. she was like six years old, right? Picking cotton to help take care of her family at wow. six years old. Wow. So it's beyond child labor laws, right? Like yeah. it was just something that they all had to do. Right. Even my mother as a three-year-old yeah. was picking cotton. Wow. And my mother just turned 72 a couple of weeks ago. Oh my gosh. Right? So you think about things that happen in our lifetimes, Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people talk about things like it was so ancient history, like we're beyond that now. Like, no, we're really not. No. We're really not. Mm-mm. And in the fact that a lot of people don't want to know our history, your yeah. history, your family's history, our history, we're doomed to repeat it yep. if we don't know what it is. Right. Right. Especially with uh, what's going on in the world today. We have no idea if World War Three is going to come out. Seriously. And the thing that my grandma will never forget is when FDR... Uh, made an announcement that Japanese are a national security threat Mm. from day to night that her friends, white friends become friends to enemies Mm. overnight. And executive order 9066 was that. And that changed our family's life. And she's like, I, she's like, I just have a a disdain taste for FDR just because of what he did. And so it, it falls down to leadership. Who are the people at the top? What is their agenda? And, you know, sometimes that's why I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do what I can. Right. And I'm a, in my community and, you know, being faithful with little and you'll be faithful with much. And I'm like, let me cherish the relationships that I have and let yeah. me tell my family's story yeah. um, so that this doesn't happen again. So say, right. for example, if we go to war with China, are they going to, you know, label all Chinese Americans as a national security threat and do the same thing? Like, we don't know. Because, again... Is not taught in the history books. Right. No one knows really this what happened to the Japanese American community, and so that's why it's like it's my duty to to educate people. Yeah. And, hey, this is what's happened to my family. This is what happened to your family. Yeah. So that we don't do it again. Right. You know, in the future. Right. And so to learn from history and to know that this doesn't solve anything. Nothing. And it changes oppression. Changes your DNA. It sure does. Right. And so they, sure my does. grandma, and even my dad. They played the safe route. I, I don't blame them. You know, uh, who, who would? Right. And so being an entrepreneur is such a risky thing for yeah. them. They're like, I, I don't know how you do it, Jordan. I'm like, it's just, I don't know how you guys are an employee. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I don't know how I can work for somebody else. You know, right. like I want to do my own thing and right. want to be able to leave my own legacy and, and right. design my career and work for the people I want to work with yeah. and the clients and things like that. And like, I just love it. Yeah. But knowing my family's history and story, it just empowers me to can- carry on that legacy. Yeah. And I think that's the thing we tell our kids, too, because we, we both have entrepreneuring kids, right? Our oldest has his own hair salon and, and has been very successful a little over almost a year now. Yeah. He's coming close to a year. And then our youngest is still a junior in college, but is a filmmaker, mm. which will be yeah. definitely 100% oh, yeah. entrepreneurial and both of them yeah. super creative. I love you it. Know? And that was something that I think with both of us growing up, we never even thought we could own our own business. Right. Like we just thought we'd you, be you working for somebody. Job, yeah. 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 You get a job, you work hard, you spend 20, 30 years. That's what both my parents did. Spent yeah. 30 years at a company and uh, lo and behold, 
we don't have opportunities like that. So no. you had to change your mindset up, switch gears up. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Or, you know, even d- get a degree. And, you know, even that is not the only option right. out there now. Right. And that's what we love, you know, and, and you know, and people here on, on our podcast know, you know, that the DEI world, diversity, equity, inclusion is ingrained in our family, is in who we are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, you and I have talked about it before, but like, you know, being a blended interracial family, like, y- yep. you know, your family is as well. And both of our kids uh, represent LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. folks so it's like we talk about this work and who we are 24 7 yeah right yeah and so but we also get to know each other's feelings and ideas yep. and perspectives which i think is what's really missing in society today like people just paint this broad brush and say if you're like this then this is who you are right and they're not taking the time to get in and really know someone yeah they're listen, letting that bias listen. comes in we don't, we don't listen to each other no more Mm-mm. we don't care to be curious and who is law who is brian mm-hmm. you know like i want to get to know you for who you are not who i see you as not right. who the media paints you to be as because right. that they have their own agendas and propagandas and etc like no right. let me get to know who you are right and how can i support you you know right. once you get to know the person you're like i i want to help you you yes. know how can i help and yes. that at having that mindset having that heart will get you so far in life because yeah. that's just such a true authentic genuine mindset to have yeah. that that's what's missing in this world. Yeah. So that, that's what yeah. I want to be. I want to be that light we talked about. Yeah. Be a light. Be a light. For others. Absolutely. You know, I would love to hear your perspective, you know, because we, we're Gen Xers, right? So we're, we're, we're beyond, way beyond our youthful nature, even though I try to be young. Speak for yourself. You're young. Young for the, young like, at the heart. Like young at the heart. Like a joker. I'm younger than you. Yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> younger than me by six number. months. <laughs> okay. Six okay. Months. It's not even that much. It's six months. <laughs> I see you, Brian. You know. <laughs> but I, I gotta I, work with what I got. <laughs> <laughs> but I think about your generation and mm. I am, first of all, so in awe mm. of you all. Like you, you have a self-confidence though that I think is so unique and different right yeah. so you like you're one of the the first generations to be born into the internet world right, right. like you don't know the world without the internet and being connected literally globally yeah yeah you know and you're watching things happen and you're watching honestly uh, our generation and, and the generation before us this kind of muck everything up <laughs> like like what kind of things are are you fearful of if you're fearful of anything and i know you are a person of faith so i won't say that you're fearful of things because i i will say sometimes i'm fearful of things i would just be honest i am fearful of things but like what are you both fearful of and what are you both hopeful of in in your generation for for the world in front of you i would say one thing that i i would caution my generation is being too connected Mm-hmm. Um, being addicted to our phones just flat out yeah. and we need to unplug how important it is to spend time in nature spend time in solitude I spent a weekend camping uh, and I left my phone in the car for the whole weekend and I'll tell you what it was the best thing that I ever did and again it just reminded me just how much I enjoy life and mm-hmm. how much I enjoyed nature and being around people and you know, that's going to be hard. How do we entertain ourselves without the phone? How mm-hmm. do we have a dopamine cleanse? Because that's what it is. And mm-hmm. it's hard. I'm telling you, it's, it's so, so, so hard. So that's going to be my caution yeah. um, uh, to my generation is to uh, not be so attached to the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to have real relationships, to set the phone aside, to almost ignore it. Um, and just to be present, how mm-hmm. important it is to be present and not wanting to take yourself into the game or mm-hmm. into a social media or into another world or on the phone with somebody. Like, be present with who you're with is so, so, so important. Cherish those relationships that mm-hmm. you have with your grandma, you know, mm-hmm. with your parents. They're not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. The phone, yeah, it's going to be here. This is going to come out with something else, something different. Be present with the people that you're around because that time is not going to be forever. Mm-hmm. Time is finite. Mm-hmm. And so if you just cherish those relationships, that's one thing I've really tried to, to uh, apply in my life and just, you know, go over and, and visit my grandma and take her on a walk on a nice day, yeah, you know? That's nice. So that's that's what I've been trying to do and, and take a little bit of what your generation does so much or just play outside, you know, go on a bike ride, do something <laughs> like, you know, just, so I love that and it's creative. You're creative outside and, um, and it helps so much. One thing that I'm super excited about my generation and this gives me so much hope. We want to change the world. Mm-hmm. We want you to. And we don't <laughs> put up with BS. No, you we don't. don't. We don't. And I love that. And so, and and that's what I love because we're so community minded. Like whatever job that we're in, it pays the bills. I get it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have those jobs. Mm-hmm. Find people that you want to work with. Yeah. Also, they want to know how does my job impact the bigger picture right why does what i'm doing right now either entering data into a spreadsheet or checking somebody out or processing a transaction you know things that can be automated which they eventually they will be but what is why am what i'm doing spending my time with why does this matter Mm -hmm. and how is this going to move the world forward change the world move the forward the needle if you give them that sense of purpose if you give them hey your job is important i see you what you're doing is contributing to the bigger picture and you know i value you you're worth Mm. something that's that's what hits home yeah um that's at least what i've seen and you know people that i talk to a lot of my peers they just that's why they're just not passionate about a job they're like it's just another day just another day yeah you know and and they're not lighting their souls on fire because they don't have that sense of purpose yeah and is that the job's fault is that their fault it's both you know you got to be able to know yourself like what you want to get into and it's also as a company you got to be able to when you onboard new people hey and not only just an onboarding but the whole process yeah how am i giving you a sense of purpose how can I relate to you and tell you and connect with you um, on a personal basis and also tell you like, hey, what you're doing is important. It's helping our company out so much and I value you much more than just a pizza party. Like we forget the pizza parties. I'm telling you like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Tell me, sit down and and tell me that that what I'm doing is important and that that I'm worth something, that I'm part of a team and that we're impacting the the company on a a national or global scale. Yeah. that's what what we really want to to be a part of yeah. um and so that's what i'm super excited of because again i always say and don't allow anyone to look down on you because you're young mm-hmm. we can change the world oh and my i'm gosh, excited yeah. for that so yeah well i think that's what's so interesting you know and brian and i talk about this all the time if you think about all of the people in history who have changed the dynamic and changed the narrative they're all been in their teens and 20s right like, like you know, people like, oh, these young people don't know what's going on. Like, you know, MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. graduated high school like 
what 15 and graduated college from like like 18 or something like that wow. like he was a young cat yeah but he yeah. was i don't even think he was 40 when he died Mm-mm. so I, it's it's yeah. it's young people who have the energy in what i believe is the passion to say we're not gonna take this we're not gonna stand for this we're right. we're gonna go do something else right and i remember myself as a 18 19 20 21 20 up to 25 year old saying Hell no, I won't go. Like, yep, right, you yep. know, so I, I was the one protesting and writing letters right. and doing all those things. And I do that now yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. But there was there was less fear then than it is now. Now I think about my family and like, am I, am I putting mm-hmm. my family in danger? Am I putting our livelihood in danger? And I still do it, mind yep. you. Yep, but, yep. <laughs> but back then when I was young, you were like, hey, I don't want to live in a way that is right. not conducive to what is going to feed me. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to just survive. I want to thrive. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And one thing that I'll encourage even the older generation, if you're 60 plus, 50 plus, you can still change the world. Mm-hmm. You're not done. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, d- just to think, like, that you're older and that you're at the tail end of your career, that you can't do something for this world. Nah, you, you can. Like, partner up with the younger generation and Absolutely. collaborate. Do something Learn together. From because, each other. Right. Yeah. You have the experience. You can share the knowledge mm-hmm. and stories. And also, you probably got more money than we do. Most likely, you should. It's <laughs> you true story. I mean? <laughs> it's true story. So, you, can, you have the resources to make that change. And we just have the ideas and the energy. Yeah. And that's why I love that collaboration and so that's why i just want to encourage people no matter what age that you are you can change the world find out who you are find your identity find what legacy that you want to leave find your purpose and go do something with it. i love that oh my gosh jordan you are literally everything like how can people like get in contact with you like what are you working on that people can kind of get involved in learn more about like what's going on absolutely I'll, i'll share two things well one um founder and president of diverse network so please follow us on uh, instagram or social media uh, linkedin facebook you name it uh, diverse.network and or you can follow me personally jordan.nishizaki uh, we'll spell it for you n-i-s-h-i-z-a-k-i uh, you can reach out to me directly or, or email us. Um, we'll love to get in contact with you. Have coffee. Get some get some food together. Love love getting some food. So please reach out. Connect with me. We'd we'll love to learn more about you and what, what you're doing. Um, just sharing briefly, we're launching a professional development and mentorship program at Diverse Network. Oh. So excited for those. The, the professional development program will officially launch in, in May, tentatively right now. But that's what we're hoping for. And uh, the mentorship program later on uh, this year as well and we'll have events in june like a mini putt-putt networking event in june and our second year anniversary in july uh, hopefully we're going to run it back at the top of the huntington building again so nice. working on those details i'll share all that on social media once it's finalized and something a little bit more exciting on a uh, personal side so uh launched janus consulting not knowing what i wanted to do with it but from Diverse Network, since I love content and branding, we designed our logo, websites, uh, social media, video editing, like podcasts. We do it all. And I love it. And it's all in-house. And I absolutely love it. It's given me the idea to launch my own 
content and branding agency. Okay. So super excited. This is the first time I'm really announcing it on a podcast platform like whoop, this. Whoop, whoop. So you guys get the insight uh, to scoop. that. Yes. Get the scoop. So that's what I'm building. I'm assembling the team, kind of like Nick Fury, pulling the Avengers together, Aww, connecting with people. Now. So if you love video editing, love telling stories, because there's a lot of good brands out there, yeah. but just have poor content and poor branding. They just don't know how to tell their story. Right. And so that's what I love doing is being able to say hey you have a great story the most effective way to tell it is through videos Mm. so how can we partner together and we typically start out by just creating branding guides and a Mm -hmm. lot of companies don't have branding guides they don't know what their mission vision core values are right let's start there then we'll go over okay what are your colors what is your logo uh what are your marketing taglines uh what is your target audience what what does your brand sound like what is your tone of voice like yeah. all these things that i just love just creating the identity of a, of a brand and being able to not only do that but then enhance the branding so that's kind of our mission is to just deliver exceptional content and branding and being able to help grow brands in that way and just take them to the next level so super excited awesome. to launch that that is awesome. amazing i love it so much Man, Jordan, I tell you, like, the more and more I'm around you, the more and more impressed I get with you. Like, literally, you are amazing. And I told Brian, I'm like, man, we got the right one today. I told him, I said, this young man has got it going on. And, you know, audience, you can only hear his voice and hear how incredibly intelligent, smart, and empathetic he is. But he ain't too hard on the eyes either. I'm just telling you. (laughs) Good looking kid. Thank you. Glad glad to have him here. I'll, I'll, I'll second that. <laughs> I have a good reputation at the city of Columbus. I don't know if you, you know Nina Brooks or all, all them at, at uh, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, but uh, I'm known as the the hot Asian in, in the city, at the city of Columbus, which is not again. I'm not complaining. That's not a bad thing. But I can I can back it up with with the mind and the intelligence too. So I love not just it. Looks. I think we got a show title now. We got <laughs> the, 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 the hot Asian. Come listen to the hot Asian. I like that. <laughs> See, this is why I love Keanu because he's he's yep. my hot Asian. Right, right, right. Keanu is my guy. <laughs> my guy that is awesome oh jordan we are so grateful to have you here to share this knowledge to share your history and your story i so appreciate the legacy that your grandparents have left and now that you get to continue it's absolutely beautiful so thank you for sharing your story on the EMBW podcast. It was beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you just for giving me the platform uh, just to be able to share this story and excited to continue to collaborate with you all and excited for you guys to continue doing your thing. Like you guys have something special going on. You know, everything is not black and white. And what is it? You know, there's beauty in the gray. And that's just what we're doing, you know, and and what our stories are. So I'm super excited to see what you guys continue to do. Super excited to continue to support you and collaborate on ideas and find a way that we can continue to help each other out. Absolutely. We will do that. And Brian, can you tell our listeners how to connect with us? Yeah. First of all, follow us on Facebook and get all the updated album covers and the titles and shows and and if you want to contact us, you can contact us at enbwpodcast at gmail.com. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for all listening. We appreciate all of you so much. Please spread the word, like, subscribe, and share. We're grateful for your patronage, and we will continue to bring you amazing content every single, every other week. Is that a thing? Yeah. Sure. Every single, every other week? Perfect. Sure. Perfect. All right. Well, we're going to sign off tonight. Thank you again, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. We will talk to you all later. Bye. See you.